0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where
1: are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's
2: like eight times, eight, I don't a lot of stairs.
1: That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob fearless is full of surprises that's the power of the blue cross and blue shield federal employee program learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fep slash choose blue by december 11th
2: you are locked on vikings your daily minnesota vikings podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day It's Locked On Vikings on a Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name's Sam Ekstrom. Scouting combine underway in Indy. Rick Spielman there. Mike Zimmer there. Just heard him talking to the Vikings radio flagship. Said that he has eye surgery coming up again in April, as we mentioned, and then a cataract surgery two months after that. And maybe by training camp, he'll be able to see again. He said it's been frustrating to not be able to hunt because he can't see out of the gun. Mike Zimmer, a big outdoorsman, likes to spend his off-seasons doing outdoorsy things. Hasn't quite been the same with only one functional eye. Rick Spielman has spoken at the Combine multiple times. Nothing very new from Rick Spielman. Said he had a dialogue with Adrian Peterson. Said it was positive. Not much new there. Probably the biggest news to report today is that Sharif Floyd is in all likelihood going to be back based on an injury guarantee. Reportedly, Sharif Floyd is still rehabbing from a lingering knee injury that is apparently going to take him past the March 9th deadline, at which point the Vikings owe him $6.8 million. There was some talk that if Floyd was healthy, the Vikings would part ways based on his injury history, but the fifth-year option becomes guaranteed due to injury, and Floyd is evidently still trying to get through that knee injury that kept him to only one game played in 2016. Mike Zimmer's been very vocal about Sharif Floyd. He has not been happy with his inability to stay on the field. I think it also may have peeved the Vikings when Sharif Floyd left the facility for almost two weeks to rehab elsewhere. When you've got guys like Matt Khalil, Andre Smith, guys who really aren't going to play at all that year, sticking around at the facility and working out, and then you have Sharif Floyd on the other side of things who had a chance to come back, and he leaves the facility. I'm not sure whether it was his choice or the Vikings allowed it, but that may not have worn well with Vikings brass. At any rate, Sharif Floyd is helpful on the field when he's healthy. Has a great first step, good speed, good push. Vikings could use him, certainly, and it looks like they'll have their hands tied with paying Floyd nearly $7 million this year, and essentially that becomes a prove-it deal. Can Sharif Floyd earn a second contract? Today, I thought it'd be fun to go through the best Minnesota Vikings free agent signing each of the past 10 years. We're approaching free agency. Time to see how the Vikings have fared with UFAs in the past. We go back to 2007, Adrian Peterson's rookie season. The Vikings lost a number of notable free agents. Kelly Campbell, Napoleon Harris, Brad Johnson, the quarterback, exited. Fred Smoot departed for Washington. Jermaine Wiggins, the tight end, went to Jacksonville. Who is the best acquisition for the Minnesota Vikings? Candidates include Bobby Wade, Mike Doss, and Vinny Churchill. None of them, however, as effective as Visante Shanko. I was always a big Visante Shanko fan because of his durability, his effort level, and his knack inside the red zone. He played in every game, all eighty games in the regular season for the Minnesota Vikings. Really meshed well with Brett Favre, had eleven touchdowns in 09. Had 24 touchdowns total with the Minnesota Vikings and one in the postseason. Vasante Shanko, probably the best free agent acquisition in 2007. How about 2008? The Vikings brought in linebackers Derek Pope and Dallas Starts. Fullback Thomas DePay, the former Gopher. Safeties Michael Bulware and Mediu Williams. Mediu was a starter on that 2009 team. Ellis Wims and Kendrick Allen defensive tackles. Maurice Hicks, a backup running back, and Benny Sapp, a cornerback who would go on to be one of the most maligned Minnesota Vikings secondary men for his inability to cover really anyone. But none of them were the best free agent signing. It's another offensive player, another pass catcher, and he wasn't the most popular player either, but Bernard Berrien, definitely the most effective in that group, had three Pretty solid years and none better than his first season in Minnesota. 964 yards, that's about what Adam Thielen had this past year, including a 99-yard touchdown on a Sunday night against the Chicago Bears. He had 11 touchdowns with the Minnesota Vikings, but none in 2010 and none in 2011. So he peaked in the first year with... Gus Farrat and Tavares Jackson didn't quite have the chemistry with Brett Favre that people were looking for, but of the group we mentioned, he was probably better than Mediu Williams, who'd be number two on the list, Bernard Berrien. 2009, we don't really have to go down the list. It's Brett Favre. Was not a traditional free agent by any means, but the Vikings bring him in late in the picture in August signing of Brett Favre, 2009 He's your winner there.
0: the list.
2: 2010 was a really strange season for free agents. The Vikings pretty much wanted their team back, and they did not do much to enhance that roster. In retrospect, they probably should have, but they re-signed a number of in-house guys, let Chester Taylor go, let Artis Hicks go, and really did nothing as far as free agency goes. Outside free agents who signed deals, Lido Shepard and Reese Lloyd. That's it. Nobody wins in 2010. Vikings had a whole bunch of departures, though, in 2011. Sidney Rice goes to Seattle. Ray Edwards goes to Atlanta. Brett Favre goes nowhere. Ben Lieber to St. Louis. Pat Williams done with football. Medea Williams goes to San Francisco. Tavares Jackson departed. And the Vikings, likewise, made a number of acquisitions, including... Michael Jenkins, the wide receiver, Remy Adell, the former Saint who sandwiched Favre in that epic Bounty Gate game, Devin Aromashadu into the picture. The guy who wins the award for this season, if only for being a part of the 2012 offensive line that blocked for Adrian Peterson, Charlie Johnson. Johnson had a great track record coming in. He blocked for Peyton Manning for many years. Was on the decline when he came to Minnesota. Had a couple decent seasons, but then when Mike Zimmer got here, he was not very effective. Vikings cut bait after 2014, but he was really their best free agent signing in 2011. A lot of offensive players on this list. A year later, 2012, the Vikings bring in Marvin Mitchell, who started for a bit at linebacker. Jerome Felton, the fullback. Lex Hilliard. Jeff Schwartz, Zach Bowman. Really, it's a pretty difficult choice this season. You've got John Carlson and Jerome Felton, who also were brought into the team. Carlson was a massive bust after signing a huge deal. Caught just 40 balls in two seasons. Jerome Simpson, in addition to being a knucklehead, was not very effective. His 2013 campaign was the most tolerable with 726 yards and one touchdown During a down year for the Vikings. But to be honest, I'm tempted to go with Jerome Felton. Signed away from Indianapolis. Felton was a great locker room guy. He was an excellent fullback. Spent 2012, 13, and 14 with Minnesota. He was Adrian Peterson's lead blocker. And in 2014, he scored his first ever touchdown on a fumble recovery in the end zone. That is still the only touchdown he's ever scored. He is now with Buffalo. 2013, the Vikings made a splash with Greg Jennings signing a long-term deal in Minnesota. Matt Castle signed a quarterback contract. Desmond Bishop came over from Green Bay. Lawrence Jackson from Detroit. Even though he only played two years, the answer's got to be Greg Jennings. Nobody else on this list is really close to what he was able to do on the field, even though he cost a lot of money. I know some of the things that he taught these wide receivers still influences them today, especially Jarius Wright, Cordero Patterson, Adam Thielen. Jennings had 10 touchdowns in two years with Minnesota, over 1,500 yards combined, played in 31 games. Now you're going to start to see a change in philosophy. Up to this point, you have basically had all offensive players as the spectacle Of the offseason plan for the Vikings. Now you're going to start to see some defensive players. And why? Because Mike Zimmer's in charge now. 2014 offseason. Corey Wooten. Jasper Brinkley. Kurt Coleman. On the offensive side, Vlad Dukas playing guard. Corey Wooten, the defensive end. But it comes down to Captain Munderland and Linval Joseph. And the answer is Big Linval. Signing that five-year deal from the New York Giants, he's turned into one of the best nose tackles in the NFL. He and Captain Munnerlin, certainly the top two in 2014. Munerlin and Joseph both had tough first years in Minnesota. And while Captain's done nicely as well, Linval Joseph, and he's become the best nose tackle since Big Pat Williams. The defensive splashes continued in 2015. That's where Terrence Newman gets the award. Newman by far outshines the signing of Sean Hill. Casey Matthews, who got hurt right away. Dewan Harris and Taylor Mays, who got cut right away. Terrence Newman, a starter for the last two years. The ageless wonder. Another defensive signing. And last season, the big name, probably Alex Boone. Now, the answer could have been Andre Smith, but he had hurt after four games. Emmanuel Amur, some thought, was going to be a starting linebacker. Didn't happen. Travis Lewis never saw the field. Michael Griffin got cut. Alex Boone, by default. The Vikings didn't really hit on too many free agents last season. Boone wouldn't say he was good in his first season, but at least he was on the field for most of it, huh? Here's the lesson in the exercise, though. It's fun to look back and see the change in Philosophy. For about seven years, you've got the Vikings really going after skill players. Tight ends like John Carlson, Vasante Shanko, wide receivers like Greg Jennings, Michael Jenkins, Bernard Berrien. But there wasn't much work happening in the trenches, and there wasn't much work happening on defense. And even though that seems like the obvious thing to do, the Vikings weren't really abiding by that mantra until Mike Zimmer came to Minnesota. And I think Zimmer's presence has certainly rubbed off well on Rick Spielman, who looks a lot better for having made some of these moves. Last segment today, we're going to double dip and play you an excerpt from yesterday's episode of the Draft Wrap with yours truly and Luke Inman breaking down the running backs in this year's class. With Adrian Peterson's return in question, the Vikings may be looking for their new face in the backfield. Luke Inman and I touch on some of the critical names. Rick Spielman with the first domino yesterday. Adrian Peterson, obviously, with his option declined for 2017. And that's going to lead in perfectly, actually, into what we're going to talk about today with some of these running backs in this super deep running back class.
1: Yeah, this is... When you look at the identity of this class, and we were talking about it beforehand, you know, defense is going to be the fingerprint when we look back three, four years. Uh, it could hurt some of these fancy football numbers. Uh, it could be uh, a lot more low-scoring defensive battles in the next three, four, five years because of this class. But I think that running back and tight end are really two unique uh, positional groups as well because uh, this is is not only. Rich at the top, but there's so many guys that that you're going to find in the fifth, sixth round this year at both positions that would likely go in the third or fourth round any other year. So um, tight ends if you need one. If you need a running back, this is the year. And certainly you mentioned Adrian Peterson, and and who's to say the door is – verbal still left open right now. If you heard Rick Spielman's press conference earlier today in Indy at Lucas Oil Stadium, but I think uh, you know, I think Vikings fans are starting to prepare for life after Adrian Peterson. I'm telling you, with Jerick McKinnon already on deck and in the in the lineup, uh, this is the draft to kind of. Ease the transition from a superstar and Hall of Famer uh, and really the face of the franchise the past decade, like Adrian Peterson. This is the class you're able to, to I think, overcome that.
2: Is it going to be Cook? Is it going to be Fournette, McCaffrey, Mixon? I mean, who's going to be the next big running back out of this class? And there are so many candidates. It, I think at one point people thought it was going to be Fournette. You know, I remember watching his high school highlight videos on YouTube Crazy. in like 2000. 2000- Twelve or whatever right. year it was, and suddenly you've got all these guys in the mix. There's no guarantee that Fournette is is going to be the guy because there's so many options. And I think deep into this draft, there are options too. It's not top heavy like you might say about some other positions, maybe quarterback, maybe uh, offensive line. Um, you know, whether it's Pumphrey, the the leading rusher in NCAA history, whether it's Jamal Williams, whether it's uh, Gallman from from Clemson, tons of. Oh. There's just tons of them. And,
1: and, you know, when you look, I think you, you try to break these positional groups up into tiers, right? Tier one, tier two, tier three. You say, if I can get anybody in this tier one, I'm happy. Uh, I think the tier one is pretty solidified right now when you look at the running backs Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey. Now, where are they ultimately going to go, and how far apart are they from one
2: another? I don't think very far. You can hear more of the draft wrap, coldomaha.com. We had Ben Albright and former Viking Caesar Rayford on the show yesterday. That's all for Locked On Vikings on this Thursday. My name is Sam Ekstrom on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow with Sage Rosenfeld.
0: The list.
2: Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Lockdown NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune in to Lockdown Wolves daily Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.